Let's get the latest from Green Bay from Mike Clemens. Brought to you by Concordia University, Wisconsin Veterans Services Department. Learn how to use your military benefits at cuw.edu slash veterans. It's all my fault. Bottom line, I'm responsible for every play call, offense, defense, special teams. Every call goes through me. If I'm ever unhappy with the call, I have I have the ability to do something about it. And, you know, that's all I'm going to really say about that. Matt LaFleur, who was appreciative towards Mike Patton in the early part of the press conference, which you heard here live yesterday, Bart Winkler, Ryan Horvath, Mike Clemens, then didn't talk a ton more about Lafleur, maybe didn't want to or about Patton rather took the blame on himself Mike there was one part Mike Clemens one part of the press conference where I was screaming no 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 and that was friend of show uh, and, and colleague Pete Doherty asked because this was similar to 2014 something happening on the field because you're the coach you're calling plays you're you're doing something else he asked, would you give up the play calling? And I said, no, 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 no. Right. Don't even make that a thing. We're not doing that again because he'll give it up and then he'll want it back and it'll be a waste of time. So I was screaming at so the, the radio. goes, you know, if that's the best thing that we need to do, then, we, you know, we can do that. And then um, later he was asked again, I think from Jason, who said, hey, wait, 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 let's back up the truck. Are you serious? You would give up play calling? It says no. I don't plan on it. I'm just saying. I think Nathaniel Hackett uh, is qualified to call plays in the National Football League. So he's helping out his offensive coordinator, who interviewed with the Falcons. If you know, if his buddy wants to go on and get a head coaching job, he's trying to put that word out there that I think my offensive coordinator, Nathaniel Hackett, can be a play caller in this league. But right now, he has no plans on giving up the card and giving up the play calling while managing the game. Matt LaFleur was asked a lot about that NFC championship game, as it is the reason why we're not still interviewing Matt LaFleur this week and talking Super Bowl. And he said, you know, you look back, I thought it was interesting his answer with the discussion about that field goal, because I still think that was a terrible call. But Matt LaFleur, I'll, I'll play it here, Matt LaFleur talking about the field goal, because they, they kicked the field goal on fourth well, and eight. One thing he said that I thought was interesting when he also said, Listen, I got a guy up in the box, so you wouldn't name who the coach is. Who was in his ear says, or you could go for the field goal, and he's giving him the analytics quickly on the headset. So, or is it just you know, a guy? Is if, it just an analytics guy? You know, if you and I are like ever pulled over for speeding, or <laughs> or you know talking to the wrong person in a bar, just just tell the you know the security or whatever, hey, I'm I'm getting instruction from a guy in the box. Yeah, I got a guy in my ear. He told me to go faster. Yeah. That there were no cops around. Yeah, I'm just doing what the guy in my ear is telling me what to do. I guess it could have went to speed limit, but, eh, you know. But here's LaFleur talking about the plan to kick the field goal on fourth and eight instead of a touchdown from Rodgers. I thought our defense, we got we got him to a third down. We got him to a third down, and unfortunately, on third down, was there a tugging of, of the jersey? Absolutely there was, or of the shirt. Uh, I've 
feel like there was a lot of plays that there was a lot of tugs going on throughout the course of the game. I mean, shoot, you look at the, the interception right before the end of the half, uh, there was definitely a slingshot right there by the, by the defensive back. And I'm not sitting here making excuses. It is what it is. It didn't work out. Uh, you know, I'll own it. And, but if, if I had to do it again, if it's fourth and goal from the eight yard line, we're kicking the field goal. If it's fourth and goal from the five, I think we have a different discussion. That's what I thought was interesting because he's basically saying had Rogers picked up a few more yards, we might've gone for it, but Rogers didn't feel the need to pick up a few more yards because he thought they were going to go for it. I think everybody on planet earth thought he was going to go for it, but then whoever was in LaFleur's ear said the field goal is an option too. I just, I still come back to all these years where we wanted the ball in Rogers hands. If only he could have had it one more time. And then Matt LaFleur willingly took it out of Rogers' hands. Right. And and to me, it's this. All year long, uh, LaFleur has said, yeah, I went for it on fourth and one because I don't care about the analytics. My gut told me we're moving the ball along, and, and I'd rather have that than worry about J.K. Scott's punt and our field position and our special teams. So there's an awful lot of fourth and ones that he went for. But that was – that was rampant throughout the league, wasn't it? I mean, you you saw that a lot of these games. Even their you know opponents weren't punting as much. Guys are going for it more on fourth and one. But fourth and eight, still to me, I the feel of it was like, no, you get the touchdown here. You're knocking on the door. You've got them. You got that Buccaneers defense tired out. Get your touchdown and go back and see if you get Mason in position. It was a head scratcher. It was a head scratcher. So, um, you know, the big question about trading up to get a quarterback in Jordan Love. And, you know, here's the reminder. I mean, Rogers said this after the game in his post, post-game post press conference when he said, you know, I'm, I'm saying goodbye to my friend Mercedes Lewis and probably Aaron Jones and probably Jamal Williams and, and Tim, and he meant Tim Boyle. You know, these guys are all part of the 14 restricted or unrestricted agent, free agents. Uh, a team in the Green Bay Packers that's, you know, already $25 million in the red in a year where they're probably going to reduce the salary cap. They don't know yet. The league still hasn't told them how much or if or what they're looking at. Goodikun says that they've been spending four months on working on that part of their budgets to project what 2021 is going to be like and if there's any way they can move dollars around to keep Aaron Jones or Corey Lindsley or or you know sweeten the deal for Aaron Rodgers you know, to get him back up to what he's worth is you know, the MVP, all that stuff. But, you know, here's the here's the deal. You got Jordan Love last year. You, you missed out on all the preseason games. He missed out on that. But if Tim Boyle's moving on, you know, there's no need to re-sign him. So Jordan Love will be your active backup quarterback in 2021 behind the MVP. And so Goodikins was asked then, is Jordan Love still the heir apparent for this franchise to Aaron Rodgers? I, I view uh, Jordan as a very talented prospect that we're really excited about developing. And I know that um, maybe that's not the norm to have quarterbacks sit for, for a long time, but we, uh, we certainly believe in that. Um, I go through my history here with the Green Bay Packers, whether it was, you know, Matt Hasselbeck and Aaron Brooks and the way we developed those guys and always feeling good about having a guy that if something happened to Brett back in those days, or even when we had Matt Flynn with, with uh, when Aaron was here, that, that if we needed to go to somebody else because of injury or, or, or anything else that we were, we were able to do that. 
So we believe in that. This this probably won't be the first time we draft a quarterback and, and try to develop them because we just think it's such an important part of the game. I think you look at the two teams that are playing for the championship this year and, and, the, and the four teams that were in the, in the final four, so to speak, and I think you can understand the importance of developing quarterbacks. So we're going to put a lot of stock into that. We're going to use resources to, to acquire and, uh, and develop uh, quarterbacks just because it's what we believe in. Uh, I'm really excited about the, the limited development that Jordan has been able to do in the, in the short period of time that we've had him. Uh, Matt kind of hit on it. You know, there were some challenges, I think, that um, unforeseen challenges as far as offseason and no preseason games and things like that. So we're excited to kind of continue down that road and get him into some preseason games. And, um, you know, at the same time, while we're competing for championships with Aaron. Not thrilled about this one, Mike. Not thrilled about this one from Brian Gutekinds because Matt Hasselbeck and Aaron Brooks, who he both mentioned, sixth-round pick, fourth-round pick, respectively. I've always been a proponent of the Packers. Hey, it's sixth-round. Take that guy. Develop him, see if you can get something for him like they used to do. When you trade up to get a quarterback and give up a pick, the fourth-round pick, and then after one season you go say, well, we want to develop him. He's a a great – no, this guy, you drafted him to be the heir apparent. So either you realize that he's not that or – Aaron Rodgers played a lot better than you thought he was going to, and you made a big-time mistake. I don't like the how the goalposts are shifting inward on how they're framing the Jordan Love pick. So, Brian Goodikins, um, married, couple kids, um, very likable guy, very approachable guy, you know, in the press box, off to the side, different than Ted, than, you know, we just all know that Ted was – a solitary man on his own, riding his bike to practice. Great song, years. by the way, Mike Neil Diamond. It was, it was, it certainly was. So, um, but you know, Goody gets up there and he learned from Ted, and so there's just not you're going to get much from him. And yet you're in a press conference yesterday where we asked 20 questions, and I've learned about the first five questions. Goody's going to he's going to sell you on tomorrow. He's going to thank the staff. You know, and and mention their names, can get that up to bring up that you know team morale. Um, he's going to talk about that he still thinks he's got a great organization. And he knows that you know the the biggest thing he needs to get through, and it's the stuff all the networks ran yesterday was, yes, we want Aaron Rodgers back. He's our quarterback. No, we did not entertain any trade talks with the Los Angeles Rams. I don't care what Sam Farmer from the L.A. Times said. That's a true story, by the way. Anyway. Um, you know, that's what he gets out. But later, as you get him going and you get him talking, then he opens up a little bit more, like when you're, you know, just just shooting it with him. And, I, I pre, you know, there's a couple other topics he also talked about. Uh, David Bakhtiari, yes, he's had the surgery. He's in the rehab. Uh, I don't know. Don't count out David Bakhtiari because, you know, the guy is crazy. I mean, don't count him out uh, coming back from that ACL. Uh, the other thing I think was very poignant was he talked about that this team that just finished and lost to the Buccaneers, that, that whole locker room was in tears. They were emotionally drained. They know there was four or five plays that kept them from going to the Super Bowl. They were mad at themselves. Maybe there's some dissentment with, you know, Sean Menenga on special teams or Mike Pett not being a guy that got, you know, the defense fired up and, and connected or, or whatever. But, you know, so they move on and they're going to have to – uh, they re- you know, replace that defensive coordinator position. But I did think that this was appropriate because how stupid did the Packers look once again? I mean, this reminds me of losing to um, 
to the 49ers and um, uh, what's the guy's name that took the that kneeled? I can't remember his name. The quarterback, Colin Kaepernick. He's rolling yeah, out. Yeah, uh, Fond du Lac native, born yeah, in Fond du Lac. Yeah, he's rolling out to the left, and limping Andy Malumba is chasing him down the sideline. And the 49ers are able to get into the field goal range and kick the field goal and leave Green Bay and eventually go on to, to play in the Super Bowl. Just So here we are again, and at inside linebacker, you've got an undrafted guy that went to high school with Jordan Love and Chris Barnes, undrafted, played at UCLA, and there he is running your defense in the NFC Championship game with that big club on his left hand because of the broken thumb. Um, that's their best bet at inside linebacker. Not Christian Kirksey, who's out there, you know, or Kamal Martin, who tended to over-pursue. You got Ty Summers there, you know, running the defense toward the end. So when you ask Brian Goodekens, uh, how do you think your inside linebackers performed in the postseason? Yeah, I think we, could get, we have to have more productive play out of there. Obviously, I think uh, with, we had some injuries there uh, early in the year and um, was really proud of the way some of the guys stepped in. And, uh, um, you know, I think uh, – the way they competed and, and, but I do think we need to have better production out of our inside linebacker group. And I expect um, we have some young players in there that will grow and I think get better. And I think uh, we'll see that, you know, come moving forward. Yeah. Or they could have drafted one at pick number 30 and not traded up right. to take Jordan love. I know. I know. I know. There's Mike, do you think that if the Packers take a quarterback in the first round again, Packer fans will still trip over themselves to act as the team's PR and defend the move? Do you really think that'll happen? I, I want it to. I want it so bad. I want them to draft a quarterback so bad. That's what they do with first-round picks. They they draft and develop prospects. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm just being mad. I, I understand. I understand. You know, We'll find out if it ends up being a master move or not. If Rodgers plays another two or three years and then Jordan Love is totally ready or they get something for him, we'll see. In the meantime. Let me cut you off real quick because I want you're, – you're in, you're in tune. To everything going on there. I want you in the very back of your head to just try to notice how the relationship with Goody and, and LaFleur goes over the next couple of years with Rodgers. Because I think there's going to be a conversation someday where Goody is ready to move on from Aaron and LaFleur is not. That's my that's how I'd see it playing out. So just follow that if you could. Or how much longer does Rodgers want to be there? Oh God! You know, if I was the one thing that I don't like about this this whole thing, I tell you, I, I, listen, it is a day to day place up there. Everything is day to day. It really is, man. And for you as know? much as Rogers saying I want to be in Green Bay forever, who did he just lose to? A guy that just skipped conferences and went right to the Super I, Bowl. I, 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 <laughs> and 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 you know, here's the well, I'll get to that point in just a second. But talking about defense and why you moved on from Mike Pettin. You know, Matt LaFleur says that he thought there was an attitude missing from the Packers defense. If, if you look at the great defenses around the league, there is there's a certain mentality that comes with that. And it's not necessarily what you're calling, but how you're playing every call. I do think that there's some areas where we can continue to educate our players and, and be great in those situations so that it's, you know, if it's if it's a third down and short that you're not playing way off and you don't want to give up any freebies. You want to make people earn every inch out there on the grass. And so I think there was a lot of great things that our defense did this year. A lot of great things. Is there room for improvement in every area? 
area? Absolutely. Is there room for improvement from, from us as coaches? No doubt about it. It starts with us. There is a certain mentality that you have to have and that you have to bring on a daily basis and it starts in practice. And then when, when you get your process right, when you get your, your preparation right, that leads to more consistency on the football field on Sundays. Got my phone calendar open. Uh, February 6th is Super Bowl next year. So the NFC Championship game would be on January 23rd. Uh, we'll book you on Tuesday, January 25th to talk about losing another NFC Championship game. Are you no, free? no, no, no. <laughs> you'll, I think it's in L.A. I'll, I'll, be, doing, I'll be live from L.A. Uh, to there to greet the Packers at LAX. All right. I like that better, Mike. So <laughs> there was a press conference that Rodgers held uh, the Friday, his second of the week, uh, Friday before the NFC Championship game in Green Bay. You know, when uh, when they did this with Favre, they they moved it from the media auditorium upstairs to the ballroom, you know, and because all the network guys were in there. And hey, I, that's where my wedding was. Really? Fourth and, floor? Wait, so you, you know what? A, yeah, it's a beautiful room. I, I know. Feeling, I paid a lot of money to be in there. No doubt. No doubt. So Favre came up there, you know, the weekend before the, the Giants game. This, in the year of COVID, you know, it's Rogers down in the basement again with a backdrop talking to us on the Zoom. But we had this great just kind of hanging out conversation. And, and you remember that playoff game against the Cowboys, the, the, the Des Bryant catch-no-catch game, you know? Of course. Um, so that week, here's the Cowboys are coming to Lambeau Field, you know, in the cold in the postseason. So I gave Rogers a copy I went to the Barnes & Noble down the street in Oneida. I gave him a copy of Instant Replay from Jerry Kramer. I said, here, read this. If you drop a couple of lines from this, man, people, you know, people above 50 will just think you're a god. <laughs> so then, um, like the following spring, I'm hanging around his locker. I said, did, did you get the Instant Replay? He says, I have a stack of bu- books this big that people have getting me in the offseason. And he's like, like 20 books, you know. I'll try and get to it. So the other day, someone was asking him about the Packers' legacy, and this is the conversation we had with Rodgers. Max McGee and Paul Horning and Fuzzy and Willie Davis, Ray Nitschke. You know, that's, that's what I dreamt about being a part of an organization that had that kind of excellence. Vince Lombardi, all the quotes that he, he has that, you know, still resonate to this day. The trophy is named after him for a reason. Our city is nicknamed Titletown for a reason. It's a special place to play. You remember everything. You remember, you know, Spock lines from Star Trek War for the Voyage Home. And do you do things like Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan? That's a good one. You probably know the whole dialogue. <laughs> do you, I know you've done that probably since as a kid. It's, it's fun, it's competitive, trivia and all that. But how much of that do you do to be a better football player when it comes to memorizing game plans, seeing things on tape? I mean, is, do you work on your mind like that as much as you work on the rest of your, your body? Yeah, that's a great question, Mike. And the answer is yes, I do. I think that's a really important part of it. I think the recall is, is most important. And I train myself uh, starting as a younger player to put images in my mind when I break the huddle so that I can have that positive picture as I walk up the line of scrimmage, it's a matter of uh, seconds or split seconds, but having that that positive thought that comes to your mind, whether it's a, a something you saw on film or whether it's a play from practice or a play from a previous game that kind of hits you as you walk the line of scrimmage has always been a, a positive part of my 
kind of pre-snap routine. It's a it's a very quick thing that happens, but I think it's something that's very important. The recall, like I said, is really, really important, not just for myself, but for the receivers and the pass catchers. Being able to remember things that were said, uh, whether it's that week or a previous week or maybe the last year, Demonte has talked about uh, at times uh, remembering things from previous games all the way back to 2014 that we had talked about or signaled or gone over that has helped them in the moments or helped them when I give them you know, an old signal, I look around and there's not many guys who know kind of the old uh, way, uh, the old uh, kind of language of signals. Uh, so him and I sometimes have our own stuff that kind of only him and I know because the signals that were used in the old offense and the ability to recall those things in the moment is is what makes our connection so special and, and what makes uh, that part of the game a lot of fun. I can't imagine having this guy as your quarterback and then instead of helping him in the first round, you take an interception machine from Utah State. You know, when you listen to him like that and how detailed he is, does he make the game too complicated? Is it hard to keep up with him as a teammate? Or is the fact is, like Nathaniel Hackett said, you know, last year at his offensive coordinator, yeah, before you sit down in a quarterback's meeting with Aaron Rodgers, you better be prepared. Because if you try and come up with two or three things and you have not done your research, he's going to shoot you down in a minute. Here's three reasons why that I've done that. That's not going to work. Next, you know. So that's what it's like to work with the guy. He's right. He just has this unbelievable memory and everything. But you know, it's a team sport, and you got to have the other guys on the same page and step up. By the way, Goody had a nice long thing about uh, Marquez Valdez scaling. Lafleur did, you know, as well. They just they think that guy can be a Legit number two, number three receiver. He's working on the short game and all that. So, you know, whatever. Rodgers is back. He won't have Aaron Jones. they got to find another running back to help out, you know, A.J. Dillon for speed and all that. That's not the hardest thing to do. they got to find themselves a right tackle. You know, this year's first-round pick, maybe it'll be linebacker. Maybe it'll be more offensive lineman because I don't think Corey Lindsley's coming back. they already got a couple like that. And then I'm going to march into 2021 and – and see if they can make another run with the Smith brothers and Kenny Clark and the rest. Uh, can I read this tweet from Bobby? Yes. He says, I love the calls between Bart and Clemens. It's like a disappointed father figure talking to his son. Yeah. I feel like Mike wants to tell Bart to shut up multiple times during the calls. <laughs> no, no, not at all. <laughs> not at all. Not at all. <laughs> no. Mike, I love talking to you. And I hope we can do it again soon. Talk to you. Well, about the, about the draft time, we'll start things up and and uh, continue with coverage of the Green Bay Packers. Thank you, Bart. I, I do appreciate it. I mean, you do a lot of hard work, and you put a lot of time into it, and I don't take you for granted. Easiest story to tell, man. The fish just keep jumping in the boat. There's something oh, new every day. Something new every day. Thanks, Mike. Thanks, Bart. How about that? I'm. Was that not a kind thing to say to Mike? He, he puts in a lot of work. He should be appreciated. Let's not just take guys like Mike for granted. You know what I want you to do today? Maybe you're a virtual. Maybe find a look. Listen to this. Find a coworker today and tell them you appreciate their work. Blucker, I appreciate your work, bud. I appreciate you too. Bart, I appreciate your work. This man Horvath gets up every day at 3:30 a.m. Ah, uh, today it was more like 4:30. I was really late <laughs> for me, but I was up late working. On a different project. Yeah, he's doing all this different stuff. Yeah. God knows if he ever gets paid for it. I think I do. <laughs> he's busting his rump. 
He's got a kid he's got to take care of with a horrific accident sledding. You know, I will say this. I will pat myself on the back. I do work really hard. But what some people call fun, I call work, watching games. Mm. Todd's really been slacking, so producing again. Hey, uh, I'm actually going to watch Marquette today because they play at 4. Yeah, 4 o'clock. <laughs> and then the Badgers play at 7.30. Are you going to watch them too? Well, they were supposed to play at 6. Yeah. It was a Fox FS1 doubleheader. I actually didn't know that. Were yeah, they supposed to play it, at 6? Why? Why did that get That's what the changed? TV guide said last week. Oh. Because I, I, I go two weeks ahead and I tape every game that... Because you love college hoops so much. Well, I figured I... <laughs> Normally, I watch the Badger game right before I talk to Ben Wurgle. <laughs> I just, I, yeah, I had to make sure that I wasn't wrong on that. It is 730. And yeah, they are right. playing Penn State. They're playing Penn did, State again. Who beat them by 10. Yeah, I need more consistency from this Badgers team. But I'm, but, but uh, DraftKings is a, I'm doing a Marquette Butler DraftKings. Okay, play Dawson Garcia. He's from Marquette. He's, he's from Marquette. He's a walking double double. <laughs> Jeez. We ain't talking Marquette tomorrow. Who's, why? Who's on Butler that's good? Uh, Butler has Gordon Hayward. Yeah. Um, they got Brad Stevens. Laval Jordan. No, but um, if you are – sorry. I'm trying to think who you should take on Marquette. No, take your time. We're on live radio. <laughs> DJ Carton. Isn't he a talk show host? No, that's Craig Carton. Oh. Uh, I'm trying to think of who you should take on Butler. Take uh, Bryce Golden. Oh, okay. Is he available? How much does he cost? I'm trying to think of some discounted prices you may get. I don't know, dude. Do a Badgers one instead. I can't. No, why not? Well, they only have showdowns for select games. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Dawson Garcia yeah. is a double-double. He'll have 20 and 10 today, most likely. Ooh, oh, good. Joe, get a mic. D- we got to pay this off. DJ Carton, you could pick up. We got to pay this off. And then Badgers, take anybody but Brad Davison. I'm so sick of watching Brad Davison play basketball. Will it ever end? Will he ever just graduate? Don't they have an option this year, too, where because of the pandemic? Yeah, like, they can come back. Oh, God. It's going to be like nine years. Danny of, Davis is coming back. That's fine. I don't really need nine years of Brad Davison, though. Radio Joe Zenzola, ladies and gentlemen. He may disagree with me. Hi. Executive producer of the Wendy's Big Show statewide. Joe, Hello. I can't watch any more Brad Davison. Am I the bad guy here? I can hardly. I don't have headphones on. Oh. Could you just tell him what I said? Uh, he says, you're doing a great job. Oh. And he would. No. Well, you are, Joe. <laughs> I can't watch any more Brad Davison. He drives me nuts. Worst thing to happen to basketball since tube socks. <laughs> at least, at least Demetri Trice is good. All right, so we started. Change. The, we started the show, and I'm hot about Jordan Love, and now he's like Matt Hasselbeck, and I can't believe this. This is I'm so upset. Blasphemy. And I have Twitter open on my computer as I do to read interactions because interaction-driven show. Right. And I see a Joe Zenzola retweet at the fan account where you're I, we got so distracted. We talked about for 15 minutes, but how much you ate Enos Cantor? Yeah, I don't. What did he ever do to you? He's a jag. He trolled Bucks fans a long time ago with that deer emoji. Wow. He's a guy. He's he's a refugee of his own country. He's a tool. <laughs> he's a tool. He, he, we've seen he's played the Bucks like two times in his career. Anytime you can own that guy in the paint. I'm very happy. Anytime you can push him around, I'm very happy. That was awesome. Screw him. 
I mean, we were trying to talk Jordan Love, and Joe was fired up about Enos Ganter. Yeah, Bart was really fired up about it. It's not like it's Joel Embiid who kicks our ass all the time. Kicks everybody. No, back. actually, we kick his butt more often than not. Yeah, I was going to say Embiid. He, he never shows up. He's always at Pato until 5 a.m. Yeah, right? he's always at Pato. Yeah. Good to see the Bucks won, though, last night. That was um, that was good. They needed that. Yeah, I might have to delete my fire. I was on the fire, bud. Oh, don't worry. They'll lose. <laughs> they got you know they got the Pacers coming up. They'll lose. Oh, yeah. You know what's funny to me? Rogan Because Bucks fans are very sensitive, and I'm a Bucks fan, and I'm also sensitive. But I love the takes in the first, like, week where people were saying, yeah, great they kept Dante over Bogdan. Look at the numbers. He's way better than him. Oh, I did that. And then all of a sudden, like in this last week, it's, oh, Dante's trash. He sucks. Uh, It's just like. That's the correct take. It's whatever whatever (laughs) way the wind blows when it comes to the box. It's just people just. And I promise you next week, Dante Uh. will be on fire. And then it's like, oh, yeah, he's the best, best shooting guard ever. I mean, come on. How are we only 25? Listen, look at all the fun we have here. Ah, dying business. All right, big show up next. Everyone's got a podcast.